We are back again. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase and I am Josh, and we're here to give you part two, which is episode two of the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series airing on Disney+. Plus. Super excited. I know, uh, you know last week we jumped into it for the first time. We took on episode one, went through that quick high-level summary, had a little bit of debates and discussions about where things could go, some things we had a little bit of issues with, and you know had a good time with it. And so we're going to continue this train here. Today it's going to be Chase that's going to roll us through episode two, and you know, without further ado, man, I'll turn it over to him to say a few words, and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, man, it's just great to be back in the Star Wars universe. I put out a promo for our first episode, and we already had people, especially you know, ones we've never even talked to before, was uh, sending me messages on Instagram and TikTok, like, "Hey, I just subscribed," and they're really interested in all this uh, new stuff with the Inquisitors and stuff. So it's just great to be back in the the realm of uh, a galaxy far, far away. So I'll let you go ahead and kick us off, man, and we'll get started. Sounds like a plan. Well, it isn't going to be a start of an episode without our glasses in the air, raising the mouse and the chalice. Let's go ahead and do that. Cheers, my man. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Mouse in the chalice. Off to the pit of misery with you. I don't know the last time I wasn't in the pit of misery. That's the that's the real <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, brother, go ahead. Take us through episode two. Go ahead. Let's do it. So episode two, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it first starts out, if you remember from last week, remember Leia is kidnapped. So Obi-Wan, our hero, kind of is a shell of himself, trying to step back into his old shoes here, see if he can put on the Jedi boots, man, uh, go back and rescue Leia. So he is asking a person to help him track a signal uh, for Leia's ship that the ship Leia is on. And the man says there's no signals allowed here. Obi-Wan goes up to a woman and um, is asking for her help. And what happens here is she says, here's this. One's free, a couple more of these, and you'll forget she existed. And she hands him something. Let me go yeah. ahead. Let me just get some little context in here. Let me go ahead yeah. and just do a little contextualization. So the planet they landed on was called Dayu, and that's where they were searching for Leia. That's where the, the ship tracker had last left its uh, location. Like Chase had just mentioned, when we want arrived, that's when he went up to the, the individual and like, hey, this is Dayu. There's no tracking in or out of here. Like You're not going to find the ship this way. Yeah. And so, and he didn't go up to this woman. This woman came up to him, and basically what she was doing was trying to sell him drugs. That's what she was trying right. to do. And I actually, yeah. I actually wrote down what the drugs were as well. But before we can get to the drugs part, I actually thought this was a cool little bit of a foreshadow. Obi-Wan says these words. He says, if there's ever a time I need guidance, it is now, Master. So it's like a reoccurring theme of Obi-Wan asking for Qui-Gon's help, right? Because we still had that big cliffhanger back from Revenge of the Sith in 2005 when Yoda said he's going to teach Obi-Wan how to communicate with his master again. So it's a little bit of a theme. We saw it last week. It's come up again here. So I thought that's kind of cool. But... Um, he ends up giving spare credits to the homeless stormtrooper that fought in the Royal War, and I thought that was a little bit ironic because he fought for the other side, and he still ended up giving him credits. But the drugs that the random girl approached Obi-Wan to try to sell him were Kessel Pure, Glitterstim, and Felucian. And, and, you know, he was saying he doesn't need that. He needs information about finding this girl. And she said, well, you're never going to find her, but here, take these, and you'll forget she ever existed. But those do come up to play later on, and that's all I wanted to kind of put in there, and I'll let, turn it back over to you, my man. Yeah, and uh, she hands him this, it's like this ball thing, which I don't want to get into it now, but we find out exactly what it is later on, so we don't give anything away. But So 
And then, so you have all these people kind of coming up to Obi-Wan in the crowd, which is ironic a little bit because he hasn't been near people in ages, apparently, except for Leia's adopted father that randomly finds out where he's been the whole time, but no one knows. Um, <clears throat> so this boy takes him to this guy, and Haja is his name. And Haja, who this is, he was in actually Eternals <laughs> we t- when we talked about Eternals. Who's the guy he played in Eternals? Oh, man, that movie was so bad, I tried to forget it. Um, that's, that's <laughs> he was a really the guy that question. shot like the laser things. Yeah, uh, I'm going to find who it is right now on Google, see if he can help us out. But uh, Kingo, he was Kingo in the Eternals. Kingo, that was his name. So takes him to him, and because the boy says uh, he can take him to this guy that appears to be a Jedi, right? For the right uh, price. But, for the right for price. The right price. <laughs> and when he gets there, so Haja asked for credits of 500 to locate Leia and 300 to bring her home. And then he says, another 1,000, I'll show you some tricks. Obi-Wan calls his ass out <laughs> because, of course, as we know as fans, no Jedi would try to take money to do something. If you want to do that, you can go see the Mandalorian because <laughs> that's what they would do. But um, so Obi-Wan calls his ass out and sees that he's using magnets <laughs> to look like he can wield the force and be a Jedi. And he's basically... You know, screwing people over for money. Like, he had just, you know, offered to help that group of people that was in there before him. And yeah, had him the, convinced. the daughter and son. And, well, and what's interesting, too, is he's an interesting character as well. You know, he's he is screwing people over in a way, but he actually is getting them the help that they need. So he is getting them mm-hmm. out of the area that they're looking for, but he's just charging them prices for it and pretending he's a Jedi. So he has all <laughs> these actual connections, which is actually be important for this episode. The fact that Haja has these connections to get people off the planet. It's just weird because like you want to think of him as a bad guy, but then he will do good things for the right price. And then he even comes into play again later on in this episode. And I'm not going to give it away, but yeah, Haja Estre, he's an interesting, interesting character. Yeah, like I said, man, if he had the proper training, he could have been a great Mandalore. <laughs> like, but I mean, you know. Um, but so, anyways, uh, he agrees after you know Obi Wan threatened him. Haja actually agrees to help Obi Wan, but Obi Wan then sneaks on a ship and uh, takes a couple of guys out that are looking for him and falls into this trap that was set by Vect Not Crew. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I think you brought up a really great point when you first started this episode. You were talking about how Obi-Wan was a shell of himself and he's going to put himself back in the Jedi boots mm-hmm. and try to become the person he once was. And I don't know if you noticed this or if I was the only one that maybe noticed it or maybe I just looked too far into it. Did you kind of see he really struggled with those two ordinary guards that were trying to take him out? Like, like they, yeah. were, they, they were just two regular individuals where if he was back where he was in Revenge of the Sith, they'd have been no problem. They'd have been taken care of in 0.2 seconds. But he actually struggled to get by these regular individuals. And, you know, he, he was bleeding from the nose. Like, one of them caught him in the face. Like, he ended up getting past him. But it definitely was a lot harder than it should have been. Did you also notice that? Absolutely. I mean, he's been cutting meat for, what, <laughs> 10 years? This has been something like 10 years he's been cutting meat, man. Um if it, a side note here, like it kind of reminded me of, I don't think you've seen Dragon Ball Super, but basically what happens, it takes place after Majin Buu, for all our Dragon Ball fans out there, but Gohan in the Cell Saga, he had become 
basically the most powerful warrior in the universe after beating Cell. And what happens is they kind of put Gohan in this role where he's gotten more focused on school and being the family man after married to Videl. And uh, don't want to ruin anything, but Frieza comes back and Goku has to save him because he hasn't been training for so long before he gets... By the way, go check out Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's in theaters. I watched it. It was fucking badass. <laughs> Gohan is amped. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. It was badass. Actually, uh, uh, just like another show we talked about, we'll talk about later, but uh, that actually got highest grossing anime film for opening weekend at the box office. So really wild. Pretty cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Another show will has two that we will talk about later on this season. But... Um, Back full circle here. It just reminded me of like, dude, you've been cutting meat and you're kind of a shell of yourself. You're struggling with two guys that you and Qui-Gon would have taken out back in episode one in about two seconds. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just weird. It, it, what what it really came down to and the final thing that took away just from that exact moment, well, this this is clearly not the warrior we remember from the prequels. It's not the, He's not the same warrior we remember. So we'll see if he ends up getting back to that. Who knows? But as of right here, right now, in episode two, this is where he's at. Yeah. So, uh, Vect Nakru, uh, like, basically almost kidnaps him in a way. It takes him, I don't want to say hostage. Cause I would say, like, prisoner, right? He tried to take him prisoner. Attempted to. Yeah, here. prisoner. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says, you're not a Jedi anymore, Kenobi. You're just a man. You're bleeding all over my floor. After they started beating the shit out of him. Obi-Wan says, well, everybody bleeds. And this is the best part. That Before you um, get to the best part, let's talk yeah. about what happens here. Because what ends up happening is he gets past those two guards we were just talking about. And he goes into that room where they were keeping Leia. And, and there's like this little toweled up cloak thing. And he undoes it and thinks that he's saving Leia. And it was a trap. Mm-hmm. They, they set the trap for him. And that's when the henchman came in, put him, pinned him up against the wall, put the blasters to his chest. And that's when Vect, he came in and was saying the things that you were talking about. He also took his lightsaber. He took his lightsaber from yeah, him and was looking did. at it took and said, you're not a, not, yeah. a, uh, not a Jedi. And then that's when he mentioned the whole like bleeding on the floor part. But go ahead and, and take it from there. Yeah, and full circle moment here. Remember the girl that handed him whatever that was? Yep. He throws it on the floor, and it's like a red smoke bomb. And uh, Obi-Wan is able to escape, which is I thought it was a badass scene. Um, and he, he gets Leia and gets her to escape with him. And he starts telling Leia that her father sent him, and he has her follow him. But Reva, at this time, opens up the door where Vec, uh, Nakru, Nakru, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, where is he? And Leia continues to question Obi-Wan at this time because she doesn't exactly trust him. And then the other Inquisitors are questioning Reva for kidnapping Leia. And this is important, too, because, once again, Reva is kind of overstepping her bounds as an Inquisitor. And Reva says she was using Leia as bait to get Kenobi there, of course. And the Grand Inquisitor says, all the power you're craving, it will not change what you are. You came to us from the gutter. Your ability gave you station, but all the power in the world will not mask the stench beneath. And Reva says, maybe that stench is your failure. I'm like, talk about a shot back, man. Uh, but the Grand Inquisitor says, secure the city. I will take Kenobi in myself. You are no longer required, sister. And Reva says, I brought Kenobi here. And the Grand Inquisitor says, stand down. You will be dealt with when we return. So just another thing, like she's 
doing all these things, but it's kind of like almost like not playing by the book. Like you're going rogue thinking it's going to get you a promotion and it's not working. Yeah, dude. Um, and like what I thought was weird about that as well, it just leads into the, you see this building tension and this kind of has been building up since the first episode last week we talked about between the Grand Inquisitor and the fifth brother and what they yeah. call Reva the third sister. And they even added another Inquisitor too, the other sister as well. But and then and she, she's in this episode currently. But, but it, it, you see that there's this tension building. They're supposed to be all on the same side hunting Jedi. That is what their task is. You know, I know they have the saying, well, the Jedi hunt themselves. But the whole point is they're the ones that are rounding them up and taking them prisoner or whatever they do, to, wherever they take them, whatever they do to them. Whether they kill them, whether they take them prisoner, whatever it may be. So the, it's, there's almost like a power struggle in a way between Reva and all the other Inquisitors. It, it seems as if the Grand Inquisitor dislikes Reva because... Maybe he thinks that she's going to undermine him and maybe take his glory. And Reva, she definitely has something to prove. You can see it by her actions. that She's she's going all out doing all these things to catch this Jedi that's been on the loose for 10 years in Obi-Wan Kenobi that no one's been able to find. So she feels that she has something to prove. We might find out later in the series what exactly that is. Point being, it's that it, it's causing this big rift in in the Inquisitors, and it's going to come to a boiling point. You know, It seems like it's going to come to a boiling point anyways. But yeah, go ahead and continue on. No, absolutely. So uh, then Reva commands Vecnacru to let every bounty hunter know Kenobi is there. So he is forced to reveal himself. That's badass. That was a, honestly, like it's a screwed up move, but it's a genius move. Especially really. too, if you think about it, it's like everyone's playing chess with each other. Obi-Wan is trying to get Leia out secretly, quietly. The Inquisitors are looking for him. Reva's trying to be the one to take Kenobi in. So... The, right now, Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't know the other Inquisitors are there. I don't think he knows Reva's there yet either. And so what she tried to do, basically they, the Inquisitors told Reva, you're going to stand down, we're going to deal with you later. And she said, instead of standing down, she put an all-post bulletin out for this guy. So <laughs> anyway, you see anything, like now everyone's going to be on high alert because they don't know exactly who he's looking for because it's actually going to come here in just a second, but uh, someone tries to you know do something. And, and that's when they find out, hey, the whole fucking planet is on, on, on alert for you. So this is a crazy smart move by Reva to... To draw out you know, from the, like almost exactly where they say she come from, the gutters, right? That to flush the gutters out, and you're gonna get right. you know there. So I thought that was a cool full circle, a little bit of Chester playing. But yeah, go ahead, my man. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so then Leia continues to pressure Obi Wan like she was doing to prove that he actually is a Jedi, and she, you know, she's kind of <clears throat> making these statements like, "Make me float," like basically use the Force to make me float. And um, he, he, she was even saying, you haven't even told me your name. And Obi-Wan just goes, my name is Ben, Ben, you know. And um, she says, well, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> she's was basically, that's not a Jedi name. And he goes, well, that's my name. You will have to trust me eventually. And Leia says, how can I trust you when I know you're hiding something? You think the less you say, the less you give away, but really it's the opposite. And Obi-Wan says, how old are you? She says, 10. And Obi-Wan says, you don't sound like you're 10. So that was really good. I thought it was great. So it's it's funny because she's almost like seeing through him in a way. But so uh, the boy then that took Obi-Wan to Haja shows him the reward that's been placed on his head. And Haja uh, sh- says to the boy, let's go get him first. So you're wondering whether he's going to actually help Obi-Wan out here. Foreshadowing there. Obi-Wan uh, gets in a little bit of a tussle here. He punches out a bounty hunter. 
And then the Grand Inquisitor orders the fifth brother to shut the port down so Obi-Wan can't escape. And then a member shows the Grand Inquisitor, uh, Reva, has put the bounty on Obi-Wan. So now the Grand Inquisitor is pissed because she sees what, he sees what's going on. You know what I also uh, found interesting as well? Yep. Is like the part where the Grand Inquisitor was talking to the fifth brother and says... He's a he's the last uh, dying ember of a you know, forgotten age or something along those lines. Didn't have the exact quote down, but he tells him to extinguish him. So meaning, in my mind, he's telling the fifth brother to kill Kenobi, which is kind of contradictory to what their higher superior guy that maybe we'll find out later on would want him to do. So why would like that's one of the issues I kind of, like I have kind of a problem with that though. You tell him to extinguish Kenobi, but that, that I don't think that your boss will be too happy about that. I don't know. Did you yeah. catch that? What did you think about it? It's a little bit weird, right? Yeah, talk about jumping ranks there. I mean, he's getting pissed about Reva. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the other guy quite yet. But yeah, let's, I mean, <clears throat> you know, the guy that the Grand Inquisitor answers to. Uh, I would imagine that his uh, his punishments aren't too nice. <laughs> so yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, 100%. So then at this point, so um, Leia then sees the bounty on Obi-Wan and accuses him of lying and runs off. During this process, of course, you have all the aliens trying to grab Leia that's there and Obi-Wan's shooting them and knocking people out because they're coming after her. Uh, Leia is climbing on the rooftops to get away from people. Obi-Wan is chasing her down. And then, right when you think, like, at least maybe he might be able to catch her, Reva is pulling some parkour acrobatics out of her ass, out of nowhere. Talk about Peter Parker. Like, all she was missing was the fucking web slinging, jumping from roof to rooftop, man. And um, at this point, they kind of get stopped by a bounty hunter that's firing at them as Reva is diving down to chase them. And Haja arrives as a, another bounty hunter is firing down upon them and Obi-Wan is pinned down. And he tells Leia to jump to the next rooftop. Reva still pulling she, her crazy ass He's actually telling her not to jump. He's like, don't do it, Leia. Like, don't. Like, stay. Like, because she's not going to... Oh, yeah. Don't yeah, jump yeah, to no, the next Don't jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't man, jump. Yeah. She's not going to make that gap. Then that's going to be... That's the problem. You know, they're, he was actually yeah. pinned down by two shooters. So one was coming from one direction. Mm -hmm. The other shooter was coming from the other one. One looked like an alligator on two legs. One was just like some blue-looking robot thing. And he's getting <laughs> yeah. shot at from two directions and trying to keep control of this damn 10-year-old girl who's running off on her own. And he's sitting there like, dude, Lance, stop, don't fucking jump. Don't fucking jump. I gotta take care of these two fucking aliens who are shooting at me. He finally shoots one in the chest, and that was good. Got one off his ass. And then fucking, what's Leia do? Go ahead and tell him what she does. She can't even do the recon run, man. She couldn't even do the recon run. Those are the rules. <laughs> but, yeah, of course she, uh, you know, as Reva's still tracking him down, she jumps but misses the other rooftop, falls, holds on to a hanging cable. So you're like, okay, well, maybe Obi-Wan can get down and kind of pull her up or something. Obi-Wan screaming, hold on, hold on tight. And Leia can't hold and falls. So Obi-Wan reaches down inside him after years of removal, stops the fall with the force, and lets her down slowly and proving he is the actual Jedi. Um, 
So then, uh, of course, the bounty hunter shows up behind Obi-Wan and Leia, but Haja comes out of nowhere and shoots the bounty hunter down, which is like this cyborg droid, and shoots him in the head. Haja tells Obi-Wan that the city is locked down and they need another exit. And he says, there's a cargo port. It's fully automated. They won't be looking for you there. Go to transport eight. And he hands him a capsule. And he says, it goes to Maputo. They'll be waiting. Obi-Wan says, who will be waiting? And Haja mentions, there are people that can help you. And that's important for much later on. But Obi-Wan says, you, can, you expect me to trust you? You're a criminal. And Haja says, look, have I made a few bad decisions? Sure. Do I feel bad about it? Sometimes. Do I like credits? Yeah. So much stuff I can buy with credits. Obi-Wan says, Haja. And Haja says, you remember my name. I'm trying to make amends. I got the family safe, and I'm going to do the same for you. If I'd known what you were, and Obi-Wan says, it doesn't matter what I am. I just need to get the girl home. Go to these coordinates. They'll help you from there, Haja. Obi-Wan says, and how do I know this isn't just a trap? Haja hands him the coordinates, and Haja says, what choice do you have? You're not alone, Obi-Wan, but you as much as you as much time as I I'll give you as much time as I can. And he double shoots the bounty hunter like in the head, almost like the double tap from Zombie Land, and shoots him dead. And uh, then we're cutting over to the Grand Inquisitor is interrogating Vecnacru and uh, is but, using his lightsaber like a fan. There's just that one, was wild. There's Go for one it. thing I just want to touch on because this actually answers a bit of our debate from last week. So right before Haja helps him out when like he knocks the droid out. I know you guys remember this. Jason and I were kind of debating what the Inquisitors were last week. We were like, hey, where are they on the bad guy food chain? You know, who are they? Where did they kind of come from? And this episode actually helps answer that in a way. Of course, there's still the sense of, like, where are they on the hierarchy of the bad guys, which is kind of where we really went into with that debate. But they see the Inquisitors in the distance. This is, like, after uh, Obi-Wan had stopped her fall with the Force, and she trusts him now. And they hear in the overall, they give the PA system that all incoming, not going passage is canceled. They, Obi-Wan and Leia, they see the Inquisitors in the distance. And Leia asks, who are they? And Obi-Wan says, Inquisitors. Many of them were Jedi who turned to the dark side. Now they hunt their own kind. So that was just really important there because we talked about that a little bit at length last week. So I definitely wanted to make sure that we, we added that in there for those who... Might have like, thought that, oh, well, you guys just missed the answer. Like, no, we knew it was there. Uh, we just wanted to kind of you know, make sure that everything was cohesive and that you know, when we talk about things such as the, like, the ranks and stations, it doesn't necessarily mean we didn't you know, take a look at that aspect as well. We just wanted to make sure that that, that was pointed out. But go ahead. 100%. Um, so at this point, uh, you know, he, he is interrogating him. I thought this was wild, too. The way he was, like, spinning it like a fan. That was some crazy shit, man. Fuck that. Um, and he was asking where Obi-Wan is. Uh, Reva runs into Haja, and she's using the Force on him uh, to find out and, like, read his mind where Obi-Wan is. Um, Obi-Wan, back to him and Leia, he tells Leia that she reminds her, it reminds him of someone that was fearless and stubborn as she was. And if she was a... Uh, Leia asked if she was a Jedi, and he said no. She was a leader that died a long time ago, and we know exactly who that's referring to. Yeah. <laughs> so 
That Go was, back to Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's that all was I really can cool. say. I actually really liked that part a lot. That that was like a little heartfelt mm-hmm. moment. He's remembering fondly like her mother Padme. So I thought that was super cool yeah. that they added that, that in there. Because like yeah, especially you know she was she was kind of being super bossy. She's like, well, let's go then. Like sitting there like bossing like this Jedi around. And if she had any idea who Obi Wan Kenobi was, she better know that she's not the one in charge of this mission here. But like she's yeah. talking like she's in control, and he's like, what the fuck? So I thought that was really cool. And he's like, you remind me of someone, and it's really nice because yeah, like you said we get that heartfelt moment where he's referring to her mother Padme, and she doesn't even know that yet. So yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead, man. This is excellent. Um, so then Reva arrives with her crazy ass acrobats in the cargo port for Obi Wan. Obi Wan has Leia run off on her own while he tries to handle the situation there because not, you know, not even just run off. Like he gives her the keys and said, "Yo, leave if yeah. I don't show up in like a couple minutes here. Just get the fuck out of here." That's what the whole thing yeah. was. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then this was cool. So the capsule that was given to him from Haja. Leia puts the capsule to open the ship door in the wall, which was badass. Uh, and then Reva calls out Obi-Wan and says, Lord Vader will be pleased to see him. And Reva says, you didn't know he's alive, Obi-Wan. Anakin Skywalker is alive. He's been looking for you for a long time, and I will be prepared to deliver you to him. You can see at this point, Obi-Wan is definitely kind of like, almost like stuck in the moment. In shock. I would say. He's in shock for sure. Absolutely. And the Grand Inquisitor shows up and demands she stand aside. And Reva stabs him through the chest. Talk about going rogue. Absolutely. Uh, Reva says, um, Reva says, you think I would let you take all the credit Who's in the gutter now? <laughs> Talk about a full circle moment. And Obi-Wan during this time uses this moment to run off and meet Leia at the cargo ship so they can escape and the ship takes off. And Reva is screaming as the ship is uh, taken off the launch pad. And she says, you can't run, Obi-Wan. You can't escape him. We will find you. We will destroy you. And then Obi-Wan is thinking about Anakin and having these kind of, I guess, like, shock moments, like you were saying, thinking about the past. And then we see Vader is in the Bakta tank, and the episode ends. So what are your takeaways, man? What would you think? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you some of the takeaways, but real quick, I just wanted to, like, to dive into what you said. I just want to take it like, a little step further in a couple of those spots. Like... This is a huge moment because Reva had Obi-Wan pinned and cornered. And so, like I said, this whole rift between the Inquisitors really fucked this moment up. Because they could have had Obi-Wan right there. But instead, they're fighting amongst each other. And the Grand Inquisitor is watch and learn. And then she stabs him with that damn lightsaber and kills, like we assume, kills her own boss. But we always say, hey, did we see the body? Who knows? I'm not going to give anything away. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is. We didn't see the body, right? So point being, we assume at this point she kills the fucking Grand Inquisitor, her boss, and and then like, what I also thought was interesting too, and I, I really I actually will say this is another issue I had with it, 
It's, and it might have been the writing, it might have been the acting, could have been the combination of the two, but, like, We will find you! We will destroy you! Like, shut the fuck up! Like, I, like, I, yeah, thought, that was, yeah. I thought that was really stupid, really unnecessary, <laughs> we're gonna destroy you? No, you're gonna bring him to Vader, like, what the hell you mean you're gonna destroy him, you stupid? Like, I, you just literally said it, like, a couple minutes ago. I just, I, I really disliked that towards the end, and just sort of, like, screaming out random things that, it was silly. You can't run, we'll <laughs> find you, we'll yeah, destroy you. Alright, Re- relax, Reva, third sister, alrighty. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just got annoyed with that a little bit. But I thought it was really cool. At, at the end, when he's on the ship with Leia, he, you, like you said, he's having those shock moments, and he even whispers the name. He's like, Anakin. And that's when the, the scene cuts, and we see Anakin with like the Vader breathing apparatus in the back of the tank, like you were talking about. And you know, that's the first time that we've seen you know, Vader really on screen since the you know, this, Revenge of the Sith, uh, you know, that's the, that, that was a really cool moment. So, you know, I definitely thought that, that was interesting, the few issues there I had with it. But in terms of takeaways overall, I would say this is more of a setup episode than anything, yeah. right? Like, like, you can't really say too much big action happened here unless you really count Reva stabbing the Grand Inquisitor with the lightsaber. You know, and there, there's a couple dual meanings to that as well that we can't really discuss at the moment is because it kind of takes away from future episodes. But point being is that it, overall it was done well. We, we, you know, it was what I have liked to see. I think this is more just the amount of episodes they were going to produce. Maybe even nice to see Leia kidnapped for a little bit longer. I don't know. I, that could have been cool to like, okay, you just you got her back in one episode. You know, I don't know. <laughs> right, but yeah. going further, who knows? Maybe there, you know, there, obviously there's going to be some other trials and tribulations, and you know, that can maybe make up for that. But it seemed fairly simple for him to go on diet when this. Remember the girl that tried to sell him drugs in the beginning was like, no one ever finds anyone. I was someone's daughter once too. And, you know, from that to, oh, I'll f- I found her in 10 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? And then I like, got her off the planet with, with them saying, oh, all the like ports, passages are closed. And all of a sudden there's a free cargo port that Haja just happens to have there and gets him off. And you know, I, I get it because he had the, he, he obviously has some connections on Dai. He was able to get the, the daughter, I'm sorry, the uh, mother and the son off there when they, he took the credits from them in the beginning when he was pretending to be a Jedi. So I understand that he has some connections and things of that nature. But if these Inquisitors are what we're supposed to believe they are, they, they should have really had a great, a good shutdown plan. But again, to the opposite point, they were fighting amongst each other as well too. So it was just, maybe just a lot of things were going on. I don't know. But I thought a couple of things seemed a little bit silly. But overall, it was a good episode. You know, if I'm going to give it a ranking, you know, from a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it like... The 7.7 out of 10, it was good. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. Like, I'm not going to say it was the best episode I've ever seen, but it was really cool to see Obi-Wan try to get back his former glory. Be like, and we saw him kind of go through the struggles of, oh, I've been out of the practice for a while. You know, had struggles with the two normal guys, end up getting caught and almost taken prisoner, but he was able to get the drop on him with the drugs that were put into his pocket by the, the homeless girl there, like the, the little drug dealer girl that ended up being left over from whenever she got taken to Dayu. So... That, that was kind of cool to see that, okay, we're starting to make our way back to that. And then, as you mentioned as well, when Leia was falling down and he dug deep inside and was able to use a force at the highest level like he was able to use before, that was great. And, you know, we're going to see some of those things start building up now. He's starting to get his strength back little by little. Like I said, overall, good episode. Things I had slight concerns with. Things that were, you know, they're a little silly and maybe could have done been done a little better. But overall, good building to where this series is going you know and and we are starting to get little pieces of people's stories and coming along talking about Hodge is playing a role here now Revo you get to learn a little bit more her she turned on her you know quote-unquote boss whatever you want to call him so yeah good episode overall a few things I 
I was like, eh, whatever with. So long story short, 7.7 out of 10. What about you? Yeah, same exact thing. I think it's, it made me think, right, that maybe there was, I mean, I get it, because they made it make sense, but what are the odds, like, you're just going to run into some boy that knows somebody that's acting like a Jedi? Like, what are really the odds when you're searching, like, are you, you know, like, I just don't exactly know, like, it's a shot in the dark, but whatever i guess we were playing the lord of the rings game for like three months on this podcast where they were on the threat of a you know on the edge of a blade so it could happen like i'll 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 let it slide kind of thing like i'll let it slide same thing i don't really understand like the uh i mean i hate to like bash like writing and stuff because like the writing wasn't really bad it's just the dialogue you know i'm a dialogue guy and I think the dialogue was kind of annoying, honestly. Kind of reminded me of like a bad horror movie. Like, you'll do this. Like, you'll you'll never get us again. It's like, but I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you now. So I don't know. I was right on par with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, and how weird is that, too? Like, you're trying to move up the ranks. And you think it's really going to get you somewhere by betraying your boss? <laughs> like, I, I don't really understand that. So I understood it when we got when we get to the point at the end of the episode, at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes yeah. sense, re- like, watching it and fully, like, it, because uh, we can't really dig into it here. We can't really dig into yeah. it because it gives stuff away. But that at least part made sense to me of her stabbing him then and there. Because we started questioning why maybe the goal isn't moving up the ranks, right? That's I think that's the biggest yeah, takeaway right. from that. Is is that was that really Reva's goal to move up the ranks and become Grand Inquisitor? Is that what she really wanted, mm-hmm. or was there something else, you know, in there as well? So I think that 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 kind of answers that a little bit. But I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not terribly I don't disagree with you to a heavy extent by any means. Yeah, my point really is more of as as far as that goes is coming from another perspective of if you look at it this way, not just her personal uh, vendetta and goals that she has in mind that we won't give away. It's the fact of you look for this guy for like what, 10 years and you basically have think of what she has done, basically sacrificed her whole reputation to try to get him there. And then you do like, you don't save that one moment. Just be like, okay, now handle, handle this another way later. Like if it was me personally, I'd be like, fuck it. Like this is my chance to do this and at least get him there but you just wasted that whole opportunity they might not have ever found him again after that point you know we know how things go later on and we're not going to give that away but think about it they've been looking for him for this long there would have been a chance here once they got away they might not have ever tracked him down again once leia's returned you might find leia because of course it's pretty publicized (laughs) where she's at but obi-wan I mean, what are the odds you ever find him again? What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are really aligned with what I was just about to bring up next. It's it's yeah. almost as if Reva didn't even really try to keep Obi-Wan there. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, and this is going to go into future episodes, we, I'll just say this. We see a ship try to take off in a future episode and it is not as successful. I'll say that. Yeah, and right, so like, exactly. You know, that's, that's all I'll bring up yep. at this point in time. But Reva didn't didn't attempt anything to keep that ship there. All she did was point her lightsaber in the sky and shout those stupid ass fucking words. Like, so that they, they, there was it was interesting. There was a lack of effort after she did all those things to get her there. 
you know it was just yeah or get obi-wan there i should say um but yeah i don't know man i didn't like yeah, that left what, a bad taste in my mouth too the fact that he he could easily at this point have gotten away if things you know obviously we're gonna see what happens next week we're not gonna jump into yeah. too much of it but the way that this episode ends it's very very possible that they escape and you're not gonna find them again right unless yeah. unless you go on a full-out war at this point you know that kind of goes into this debate and honestly maybe we can make it part of our debates here at that point <laughs> yeah. at that point you would you would think that it, they return leia to the organas and we know for a fact that leia being in trouble draws everyone out at that point i think vader himself would just go to fucking uh whatever, whatever the planet they're on there <laughs> grab leia and just be like get your ass over here kenobi like you know what i mean like <laughs> Yeah, just I, that's the only thing I would say. It's just that it just seems now they know a weakness of his, and they would probably exploit it regardless. So I don't know. I, it's just interesting how this plays out, and that actually kind of gives me a huge little I don't want to say plot, kind of a plot hole, honestly. Though by the end of the series, <laughs> and maybe we'll I want to remember this for uh, you know a couple weeks from now when we finish this series up. But why did? Why did no one try that again? <laughs> I got a lot. Of this. I don't know. Like, like you, you no, think absolutely. Like you think that whole planet's gonna be able to stand against Vader? The dude had a fucking. Like, I'm not even gonna mention it, but whatever. Point be it is that no one was standing against Vader, especially at this time in his most dangerous prime that we're gonna get into a little bit next week and really kind of dive into. But so it's just that that question is so convoluted because there's so many different potential answers that we really don't get a sim- like a simple one to it. Could Obi Wan have gotten away? And never been seen again? Sure. But could the bad guys have done the same exact thing they did to draw him out and grab? Obviously, they know this Leia has some sort of hold on him. So could they have done that to redraw him back out? Sure. Like, it seems like it, right? Because not for nothing, we know where Leia ends up at the end of the series anyways. (laughs) Right, exactly. So I don't know, man. It's not like anything really changed a whole lot from the start to the end with her situation anyway. I'm not going (laughs) to give anything away, but... Point being is that uh, it just could have gone a, a few different ways, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just honestly to me, it's it's me being picky, right? But this is what we do on the show. This is why we do what we do. And, you know, it's me being picky, but it's annoying to me because you set up these Inquisitors like they're playing chess the whole time. Like they have intellectual ability. They're not just some dumb asses that grabbed a light sword from the old Jedi attic that they found over at the temple after they went in and chopped everyone up. Like, most, most of them, not... To your point, most of them have Jedi training because they are former Jedis that turned to the dark side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, these are intellectual people. You've been playing chess from this point, and this is what, like, this is what you come up with? Like, I, 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 that brings in even another question, right? Like, most of them are... A Jedi that turned to the dark side that we saw, like, like if there's, I don't, maybe that's a question. Like, maybe there's not very many of them is why, but like, why is it these three are like the ones that were chosen? Like, y'all are my top of the top. Like, go go take these Jedi's out. Like, like I like if Vader is truly doing this, like Vader decide who we know Vader is like in his prime can take on anyone right now. Like he's like you know y'all are my best. Y'all are my A squad. What made these fuckers the A team? Like, what made these? Like, they clearly can't get on the same page. That's like sending. I'm not saying they're not talented at all, by all means, but that's like you're literally. Here's what you're doing, right? You're sending a squad 
of your best like sports players that have no chemistry whatsoever that hate each other that you know what that is that's putting Aaron Rodgers AB and Bruce Arians on the same squad and Bruce Arians is calling the shots AB can't stand them and Aaron Rodgers has never played that playbook before that's exactly what's going on here like why were these guys made the A team with no chemistry whatsoever what are your thoughts on that First thought, it'd be kind of cool to see Aaron Rodgers and Bruce Arians' system throwing deep balls all the time, and A.B. is talented, but they definitely don't like each other. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like anybody, and A.B. and Bruce <laughs> Arians probably have a blood feud going on for generations like the Hatfield and the McCoys at this point. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. Like It doesn't see... Well... It does make sense in a, in a way, I guess I can say. And the reason I say that is, in the beginning, I'm sure it worked out just fine. When the Grand Inquisitor was giving the instructions and the fifth brother and the other sister and Reva were all following his instructions, it starts to go sideways when she wants to go solo and bring in the big bad Jedi. Like instead of just hunting down the, the little Jedi, because remember from last week, he said something of like, scraps are all we have left. That's what yeah. the Grand Inquisitor said about the Jedis, because she's like, why would we want scraps? And he's like, well, scraps are all we have left. So instead of just rounding up the Jedi that they can find, like the low-level ones are the ones that aren't as renown as obi-wan she's like no i'm gonna do i'm gonna go on my own make my <laughs> own rules and i think that's what really starts it's almost a power struggle that's what it really seems like is a power struggle between the grand inquisitor and reva and that really is what starts the disconnect between them and them butting heads to the point where she stabs him <laughs> with the lightsaber attempts to kill him and as of this episode looks like he kill she kills him right so yeah that's that's that and then honestly that does play a big role because we're going to see, um, you know, loyalties will be questioned. <laughs> so that's all I'll say on that end. Yeah, man, I get it. What are your debates today? Anything you thought of? Yeah, I, I have a few things here. Because we got to see, and you were mentioning this a lot, like the whole Reva and the parkour nonsense that we saw on screen. Just <laughs> Spider-Man ended up on Dayu doing flips and shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- that was interesting. My question is... And obviously, I do think part of this was a trap for later on. Like I said, we, and the last thing I had just mentioned before I started the debate here was we're going to see where loyalties lie. So part of me wonders if the Grand Inquisitor wasn't prepared on purpose. I'll say that because I, 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 there's things I want to bring up later on down the road when we cover certain things. But I'm talking about prepared to get stabbed by Reba. Reva, sorry. Uh, not McIntyre, right? <laughs> but, uh, so I, I think that maybe uh, she stabs him, and I don't think he necessarily defends himself to the best of his ability. Because we saw her with a full-on lightsaber stroke with all of her weight behind it, about to take out that one Jedi in the last episode, and the Grand Quizzer stopped that shit with the Force. Like, and then it barely burned the guy's arm before he pushed her back with the Force. So... It just seemed that, I don't know, he let that happen a little too easily, or that kind of happened too easily. And I guess we we're supposed to believe that she took him by surprise. But my question is, my debate is, all things equal, full battle, both know each other's coming for each other. Who wins that duel between Reva and the Grand Inquisitor? Uh, that's tough because I wish I knew. I mean, honestly, like, I, w- I mean, I guess I would probably have to watch 
the Clone Wars because I heard like the Grand Inquisitor is also in the Clone Wars, but I've never really watched that. I think there's a reason he made the rank he did. I don't think he was prepared for what Reva did. I don't know, man. That that's tough because uh I I mean honestly, shot in the dark. I guess I would go with the Grand Inquisitor. Um I'm assuming because I'm assuming that's the reason he was put in the position he was. Um, because here's the thing, if they're all Jedi that have gone to the dark side, he does, of course, have, uh, the power, which Reva has shown, but I think the reason he was put in that position over them was because of the intellectual ability. Look at when episode one, Star Wars episode one with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Obi-Wan, yeah, he beat Darth Maul, but that doesn't mean he was over Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, yeah, he didn't beat Darth Maul, and he got defeated. Uh, part because, you know, just he got beat in combat, but also he had intellectual knowledge Obi-Wan didn't have and experience. So, which I guess that plays a little bit into what's much later to come in another battle. Like, I would say the Grand Inquisitor, because he was put in that position... So maybe he would use his intellect ability that Reva clearly hasn't shown at all in this, this episode to win. I honestly don't know because I feel like I need to know more information about their ability. But that's just my thoughts. What about yours? I don't think it's even close. I think I can answer pretty confidently, and I do think the Grand Inquisitor would whoop that ass. <laughs> and, and there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a couple reasons why I say it. Obviously, we I, I, the one part i just mentioned reva tries a full might saber swing at that first jedi and he stops it with the force with fairly ease and then he pushes her yeah. off so he's definitely it seems like he's got some sort of power and we don't ever see them try to match forces with each other and i mean what have we really seen reva do to this point she cut off the hand of some woman in the other planet because she said you guys have no jurisdiction here and so okay you cut off a, a common woman's hand you know, what has she ever done that's been, like, super badass with the parkour cool flips? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, the one thing I do think that's pretty cool and something that we don't really get to see a lot of in the other Star Wars franchises or works, the pieces of work, are as the fact that this whole new force being able to read the mind type deal. So she's got that ability. Right. I don't know if that's yeah. exclusive to her or if anyone that uses a force can do that. So that that could potentially be interesting. But she has to, she's only been doing that against people who can't use the force and then she tries that on someone else in a uh, couple episodes i don't know if it's next episode or the episode after that and it doesn't work and i'm not going to say who or what situation but i'll tell you that the person she tries it on isn't anyone that at that specific point in time <laughs> should have been able to stop that's all i'm saying uh, but i do think the grand inquisitor has shown his ability with the force is pretty pretty sound you know and Obviously, the other Inquisitors respect his authority, and they don't respect Reva at all. They really do look down on her like she's trash. If you think about back to the last episode as well, but the fifth brother is like giving talking her shit after she cut that woman's hand off. That was somehow he grabs her in the side tunnel, and basically, the, like he's like, "Oh, the Grand Inquisitor's right. You haven't given up Kenobi. Like, what do you think you're gonna gain?" And she's like, "What I'm owed," and all that bullshit. And you know, they almost kind of laugh her off. So. I'm not even convinced she could really take on the, the fifth brother, let alone the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. They, 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 that would be more of a close fight for me, in my opinion. 
but and, and the, I have a good reasoning behind this as well, and I just can't give it away. Other than the fact, I'll try to say it without saying it. We end up finding out later on who Riva is and where she comes from, and so part of her abilities and what she's capable of was never completed. I can say that, right? So I don't want to give anything too much away. So who we know that the Grand Inquisitor, you know, whatever whoever he ended up being, you know, from the other pieces of work in Star Wars and where he came along. He at least seems to have a lot of experience and not just battle experience, but just climbing up the ranks as it is. Vader, like you said, chose him to be the, the 1A guy. And so Reva, uh, just, I don't think her experience level is there. I definitely think he's smarter than her because I do think that this was a, a trap for her. I'll say that where she stabbed him. I don't think that it was by accident that he allowed that to happen. I'll say that. Um, yeah, it's, it's so it's so interesting trying to you know dance around what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say because we right. haven't gotten to certain parts yeah, yet. But uh, point being is I don't think that Riva has I, neither the the same level of ability with the Force nor with a saber to compete with the Grand Inquisitor. I think it would be a fairly easy fight for him. I yeah, man. No, that's I I agree with you 100. Um, percent so for mine today it relates on the topic it's doesn't deal with the inquisitors though and so you got to kind of take my debate with a hypothetical perspective so here's my thought so going back to um kind of remember in episode one when obi-wan was going up to uh, Luke's adopted dad and was like, hey, you know, he needs to be trained and he doesn't want him to be trained. If, speaking of Anakin, who's Vader now, um, say if he knew Leia and Luke and where they were, right? Do you think, um, based on, uh, like, you know, his experience, he knows Padme's dead. Based on his past experience with Padme, say if he found out uh, where Luke and Leia were and they were alive. Do you think he would ever have any drive in him to go get one of them, whether it's Luke or Leia, and try to train them and turn them to the dark side, thinking that they're the only ones that possibly would be able to live up to what he has based on their medical orient count? I think that... You're on the right track, but I think the reason, the um, the motive behind is is not right. I don't, I don't think it's more along the long mm-hmm. lines of he. I don't think it'd be more like he's hoping they can live up to what he's become when they, with the medical encounter or anything like that, or you know, surpass his power. Remember what his driving force behind turning to the dark side was: is Palpatine promised him all this power that he would be able to have to save Padme. So right. my my idea that I would think Vader would absolutely try to grab both of them, I think. Both Luke and Leia. And I think he would train them to the best of abilities with knowledge of both the light and dark sides of the Force in the hope that what happened to their mother doesn't happen to them because they'll be so powerful. That's what I think. That, 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 that's my end of the spectrum here. That, that, that would be the motive for Vader to use to train Luke and Leia in both the dark side of the Force and the light side of the Force. I don't even know if he, he could use the light side of the Force at this point in time. Point being... I do think he would take them both and I think he would try to make them as powerful as possible 
with the motive being, hey, you're not, what happened to your mother is not going to happen to you because I'm going to make sure you both are so powerful that, it, that you, nothing can kill you, basically. That's kind of the way he views himself. He thinks he's so powerful, nothing can kill him. And his arrogance ends up being his downfall in a lot of different ways and a lot of different points in time. Right? There's even from regular little Anakin Skywalker that we saw in Phantom Menace to Clone War, uh, Attack of the Clones to um, Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, so, and the only time that Anakin really kind of seemed mature and, and almost sure of himself was in Clone Wars. That was, that was interesting. And then that, that's the actual yeah. series that you haven't seen too much, but that's, uh, he actually seemed pretty okay there. <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah, he's, he's, I just, that's what I think. I, I think he would try to almost have the same sort of give them the same sort of promise that Palpatine gave to him. Hey, you're going to have all this power and you can, you know, stop all these bad things from happening because nothing can harm you. And then all of a sudden we've got Darth Vader and fucking Darth, whatever Luke would be and Darth, <laughs> Darth S, whatever Leia would be, you know, I just, I'm just kind of bullshitting at that point. But, um, you know, that's just, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that he would definitely take him. I just think the motive would have some sort of good intention behind it. But just sort of bad actions, which has been Anakin's mo since day fucking one. So that's what I think. Great question. And quick part two to that question. Remember back in episode one when it, you know, Leia's father really had to do some convincing to get uh, Obi Wan to go after Leia. If that happened, in uh, say word got around, like from Leia's father, like went to Obi Wan and said, hey. You know she's okay she's with us but we're starting to get you know we got you know basically like we're starting to get attacked by vader here that's coming in because he wants to take them and train them whatever the situation was right do you think that would drive obi-wan out to say i'm not gonna let this happen and he'd almost feel like it's his fault or do you think he would just let it go and be like you know he is their biological father whatever happens happens or do you think he would want to stop that because even though you know he said the time of the jedi is over i'm not letting it get any worse than it is i just wanted to stay the bad course that it is so i think the answer falls somewhere in the middle i don't think he just ignores it and says fuck off deal with yourself i already did what i had to do the first time (laughs) i don't think that's what happens but i also don't think it draws him out to have this final stand with vader either i think what ends up happening is they come up with another plan on how to hide her, even though she would have to go away from her father and mother that she's come to know, who are already her adoptive parents. If she's lost her actual parents in Anakin and Padme, she, you know, she'd probably end up losing her adoptive parents and, and the Organas. So I think that's what it would end up happening. It, they would come up with some or, sort of plan. You know, who, who fucking knows? Maybe Yoda would get involved. You know, Yoda's still around during this time period, so maybe they'd right. find him and he could protect her, or you know, find or maybe he has a. Uh, advice on where that she could go to have her the safest as possibly can be sort of deal. So I think it would fall somewhere and, and that along those lines of, you know, we would find another place of safety for her, but I don't think it would lead Obi-Wan to be like, all right, let's settle this once and for all. I also don't think, you know, he would just be like, all right, Leah, good luck with your dad. Peace out. Like her real dad I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think it kind of falls somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, peace out. You're getting raised by Dark Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, life is going to suck for you for a while, but, you know, there's just nothing I can do for you. <laughs> he is your rightful dad. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree uh, 100%. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, maybe that's, you know, 
full circle moment. <laughs> Leia and Luke would go to Dagobah. <laughs> That's right, man. No, but I, I agree with you 100%. But um, in, in regards to what I think would, uh, you know, Vader go after Luke and Leia, I can I can see that, like how maybe that wasn't the direct motivation of, I just want you to be as powerful as kind of I would. I, I definitely see from your point on that. So, yeah, man, great stuff. Any uh, final thoughts you had for the day? Yeah, I just kind of want to ask you what you gave the the this episode on a scale of 1 to 10, like if you were to numerically rank it. Yeah, it, it was okay. It um, was definitely, a, I mean, you know what's wild to say too? Like it had a lot of action, but it felt like a slower episode to me. Honestly, yeah, like it, I agree. It felt like a slower episode. Like, and that's hard to say to somebody because they're like, "What do you mean?" Like, you know, it had all these gunfights and stuff, and I'm like, it's "Still, like, how exciting is that?" Like, we've seen that before. Like, I could watch The Mandalorian and see that, and it's still more exciting because at least he has the dark saber. And at least Grogu's there to watch. That's kind of fun. <laughs> but uh, but no, I um, it, it wasn't bad. Like it, it, the big thing for me is, uh, the writing besides the dialogue was, uh, I couldn't find really any plot holes, even if I wanted to be nitpicky. Um, and you know the dialogue could have been a little bit better. But I my thing is I've definitely seen worse before. I would give it. I would give it a 7.6. I'm right there with you. 7.6. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, I just definitely think it was more of a setup episode than anything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we get into what we're going to tackle next week with episode three, that there are some real big things that happen there. So I don't want to give go. anything away there. But, you know, talking about episode three, is there anything else you want to say before we close out here? Yeah, man. No, it's uh, you know what a uh, what a great ride just getting to cover the things we love here. Really got to enjoy the moment on this one too. I mean, I think that's the thing is with this only being six episodes, you really have to enjoy the ride for uh, for this because you know we've even been talking. They haven't officially even said they're going to do a season two or anything. This could be it. So you have to really enjoy the moment and live for the ride and. It's just great to be back in the shoes of uh, something that we even almost like Harry Potter-esque in a way. Like we really did grow up with these characters, Anakin and Obi-Wan. So it's great. I'll let you close this out, man. Yeah, you're right. It touched on that nostalgia for us being able to see you know, uh, Obi-Wan so far. And you know, not to give too much away, but there's another actor that makes appearances from past thoughts in the coming episodes as well, too. And so... It is really beautiful to be able to take in what we're seeing here. And like I mentioned before, it really does encompass all fans. You know, old, old ones from the original trilogy to the, the what do you call it, the prequels. And then, you know, even, I won't say like too many of the sequel individuals are terribly covered. It just doesn't fit with the timeline very well. But yeah. like I'm talking about new fans, bringing new fans in. I think it's done a great job of that as well, too. So they yeah. can kind of get a reason, an idea of why we love it so much. So, yeah. Uh, very, very good point there. I think it's done a they're going to do a good job of, you know, being what it is and staying in its in its lane that encapsulates a little bit of everything for someone to enjoy who's never really seen Star Wars before or as deep as you know has been a Star Wars nut their entire lives. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. But you know, that, this has been you know just giving you guys an idea 
episode two out of episode six. We've only got four more weeks left of what we're going to cover on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Then we're going to give, obviously, that bonus episode as well and kind of talk about some fun things. We rank a few things as well, too. But, you know, it's been... It's been really fun to do this so far, and you know this is kind of how we're going to tackle it going forward here. And so next week I'll go ahead and take, you know, the the summary through episode three and so on and so forth until we finish this on out. And so if this is your first time joining us. Welcome. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you've been joining us from the very beginning of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy back in 2020, you guys are the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. And thank you for all you do each and every week in tuning in. So. Uh, if you're looking to figure out where you can find us, we are on all forms of social media. You can find us on Instagram at official ridiculous patronus. You can find us on TikTok at ridiculous patronus. We have a backup Instagram page at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We have a backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We're on Twitter at RP Factor Fantasy, Snapchat RP Factor Fantasy. We have a Facebook fan page, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We're on YouTube, Ridiculous Patronus. We also have our own website, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. And so please do all that you can to really ramp up that engagement, really enjoy the audience engagement. So leave us reviews, comment, star ratings. You can do star ratings on both Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well. So any, uh, any sort of feedback is always appreciated. We love it with the, the audience engagement, as we mentioned multiple times uh, throughout our episodes. So, uh, and then on top of that, if you're looking for where you can find the podcast themselves, you can find us, uh, if you're an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you're an Android user, you can find us on Google Play, Spotify. We're also on Audible, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Acast, Podbean, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase and Josh, Factor Fantasy are there. But you know, we are out for the day. This has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Side, Side it off. off.